BYB On The Run with your host, Katie Halday. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Hi, TYB On The Run. Well, welcome to Isaiah 40. What an incredible moment we're having in these times of studying these Bible blasts where we're getting the Word of God into us, uh, kind of like taking our vitamins every morning or whenever you are doing this on the run, in on the bus, wherever it is. So let's jump into Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord and instruct the Lord as his counsellor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him, all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker casts it and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it. A person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that will not rot. They looked for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them. And they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. 
Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creators of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That TYB on the run is the amazing chapter of Isaiah 40. I have to say again, and I say this every time, aren't you loving the book of Isaiah? Every time I get into this, I feel like I'm just soaking in the depths of God. I'm soaking in his grandeur, how amazing he is. Now you can hear, I just want to jump back a little bit. Um, We've just come out of the kind of the historical section of Isaiah, because remember Isaiah in the beginning is a a section of um, prophecies on judgment. And then he kind of jumps into um, like... Other prophets do this. Jonah is kind of all about the story of Jonah. Other prophets are just um, so much their message, whereas Isaiah's message and history all mixed into one beautiful book. That's why it's so long. And we've just jumped out of the history sections in Isaiah 32 all the way through to 39, and we have started a new section. This is the collection of comfort prophecies. This is the collection where we're going to get to Isaiah 60. We're going to get to arise, shine for the light has come. We're going to get to these beautiful scriptures that kind of show how God is a balance. Yahweh is a balance of of judgment and truth and grace. There's this beautiful balance across Isaiah. And sometimes when you focus on the beginning of Isaiah, you think God is a horrible, Yahweh is this father God who's mean and nasty and judgmental. But you can really hear the heartbreak of God in that. And I'm hoping you're studying that with TYB on the run so you can get a better perspective on this. But this Isaiah 40, guys, is comfort. This is a new section. Did you hear it? Isaiah 40 starts, and it's called Comfort for God's People. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. What he's doing is prophesying forward because we know at this point, um, and jump back to Isaiah 39, it kind of talks about Hezekiah's illness and Hezekiah prays and says, God, don't let me die. And he says, okay, I'll give you 15 more years. And then um, he actually gets really arrogant and shows Babylon all of his um, temple and all of the stuff. And he's like, look how wealthy I am, which is the worst thing to do. And Isaiah prophesies over him and says, that was just dumb, basically, in Isaiah 39. And then we have this moment. Um, if we jump back to 2 Kings, we can see Hezekiah's illness in 2 Kings 20. So if you want to jump back to the historical text, that's what you do. Jump back to two kings. But Isaiah kind of stops there as though this comfort section, because Isaiah doesn't kind of complete the prophecy or complete the historical narrative at that point. Because we have after Hezekiah, um, Manasseh, we've got Josiah, um, kings of Judah, and then we have Jehoiakim um, um, and then Zedekiah. So we've got extra kings that aren't in Isaiah 39 because, again, Isaiah's just kind of picking pieces out. But Isaiah 40 definitely starts with this beautiful essence of when you have paid for your sins. Now, we know in the New Testament that Christ came to, to pay for our sins once and for all as the sacrifice. So this moment is really in the Old Testament text of saying, hey, guys, you did you did the 
wrong thing. You were out of line. And Israel was out of line. They didn't repent. They were arrogant. They were proud. God again and again sends a prophet and says, repent, repent. That's all you have to do is repent. And they don't repent. Um, and this pattern of, of getting into sin and repenting and God forgiving them is the, is the story of the Old Testament. Redemption. God wants to redeem them, but they're so arrogant that they end up having to be put into exile as this kind of smack on the bottom. You guys need a time out. Now, this beautiful moment of comfort, and and there's so many, did you hear, there's so many scriptures in here that the New Testament court, like draws out of. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. He's prophesying forward, and he's actually prophesying John the Baptist at this point. He's prophesying, Isaiah would have no idea. 700 years later, there's going to be this moment where John the Baptist is his voice of the one in the in the um, wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God, and he's prophesying the Messiah. Don't you love that? Every valley should be raised up, every mountain, hill, and made low. Can you see the equalizing of people? The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places are plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He again is prophesying even further than the Messiah. He's prophesying to the future, to the end times, which is so amazing. This prophet Isaiah is just so incredible how God prophesies the point of history right there and then. He prophesies and speaks of the past, uh, foretelling, foretelling. He prophesies future Messiah and then he prophesies beyond that. I love this moment where it says a voice says cry out and I said what shall I cry out? Can I? Can you hear that essence of Isaiah 6 where he says, you know, the Lord looks over the earth and says, who shall I send? And he says, you know, send me. There's this same commissioning sound in this, but commissioning for comfort this time. All peoples are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are like grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Can I say, guys, TYB, don't kind of take this as an essence of smite me, almighty smiter, you know, and it's this horrible father God that wants to just blow you away like the grass. No, no, no. What he's saying is you treated me with contempt. You treated me like one of your idols. You treated me like something that was created, and I am the creator. What he's doing is saying this, respect. He's saying, you've treated me like I would just be at your beck and and call. You you treated me like I was just a God that was, you know, on buzz, on call. I was like a credit card that you swiped when you needed me. And he's saying, I'm going to tell you like I did Job. I'm going to tell you and remind you of who I am. And there's this essence of not so much I'm telling you my power so that I can smite you. It's more I'm telling you my power so you can revere me again because you've lost. When we lose the reverence, of God, when we lose that essence of who Yahweh is, that in his presence is fullness of joy. And we can boldly come to his into his presence in the New Testament. I understand that. But when you boldly come into the presence of God, you've got to remember who your God is. <laughs> because sometimes when we pray, we forget the power of our God. And I love reading the Old Testament prophets to get that balance back in our in our Christianity. When you pray, you pray to the creator of heaven and earth. It's not like, oh God, if you can, it's we know you can. Lord, and we thank you that you will. So it's kind of like a reverence moment. It's like your dad saying, hey, I'm the dad, when you get a little bit too familiar and a little bit too arrogant. 
And so he says, you who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You can hear this such an ancient Near East text of going up onto these mountain places. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up. He's saying, I'm preaching good news now, guys. Lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. He's declaring it over them. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. Some of you, TYB, on the run, I feel like some of you need to be reminded of who your God is. Your circumstances and your situations have overtaken you. Maybe it's bills. Maybe it's the mortgage. Maybe it's your job. And you need to be reminded by Isaiah 40 today that your God brings comfort, but your God is an incredibly powerful, awesome God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See your Yahweh. See your God like that. Don't forget that this beautiful Jesus is a beautiful essence of a best friend, but he is also God incarnate. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd, that beautiful pastoral heart. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads them those that have young, you feel this beautiful essence of of the grandeur and the reverence of God with, with how much he cares for us. He is a God who is majestically creator of all things, but also intimately aware of how much he adores you and will take care of you. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Does this sound like Job? This sounds so much like the reply of God in Job. Or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in balance? Can you feel this grandeur? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instructs the Lord as his counselor? I love these beautiful moments. Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? It's almost sarcastic. And who taught him the right way? No one taught him the right way. He is the right way. Who was it that taught him knowledge? or showed him the path of understanding. He's really saying, guys, get your infinite wisdom under control. You think in your infinite wisdom that you have all knowledge and understanding. He's saying, goodness me, the fear of the Lord is beginning of wisdom. And that basically saying this, the respect of God who brings wisdom to all people. Sometimes we can get so arrogant in our wisdom and our knowledge that we forget the one who actually gave us that wisdom and knowledge. And I had that encounter this week, guys. I was praying and I was like, Lord, I'm coming up with all these beautiful courses and I just got this essence of I'm partnering with God. This everything that I do is God's grace. Having the ability to write courses, having the ability to do these things is just God's wisdom imparted to us. It's not our own wisdom that we can puff up. It's adds God was in your job. God has given you wisdom for that job. And if you need more, James says, if you lack wisdom, ask and the God of all grace will give it to you abundantly. So that's pretty cool. Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. This is this beautiful moment where you get this cosmic look at how big your God is. Sometimes, guys, when we're in situations and, and circumstances, we need to get up to the mountain. And this is what he says, go up to a high mountain. I remember when I was in a moment of grieving um, my family was in a bit of a mess and I was just in the midst of it for weeks and weeks and weeks and I was getting depressed and I was God God became a minuscule little thing because my situation became so overwhelming. And I remember one prayer time I was having a whinge and I was like, Oh God, I can't do this anymore and this is too big and I was I was doing my list of complaints, you know, God fix this, God fix this, God fix this and I just heard this in my spirit, I heard this voice and he said, Go up on a mountain, Katie. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that was a dad moment. And he said, go up on a mountain. So I drove to Interregal, this skillion area, and I got up on this mountain and I got my head up above it all. And I feel like this is what Isaiah is doing. He's saying, guys, 
you're in exile. This is about to happen. And this, this moment where he's prophesying comfort back to him, he's saying, you're in the midst of, of being smacked by God, basically. And what he's doing is he's, he's saying to you, come up to a mountain because I've changed my, my, changed my perspective now. And it's, it's this beautiful perspective of getting the perspective of God and how great is your God. Um, with whom then will you compare God? He keeps going to what image will you liken him as for an idol, a metal worker? And then he talks about why are you worshipping these things? And guys, sometimes I love these moments where we can really culturally relate. Why do I worship the, 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 my mortgage? Or why do I worship my bills when they come in and I spend hours pouring over them? Why don't I worship my God who is over those bills? Why don't I get up to a mountain and say, God, you are greater than my mortgage. God, you are greater than my bills. God, you are greater than whatever's happening at work. God, you are greater than my family circumstances. And get your head above it. And this is what he's saying. Why do you worship these things that have been created by God? Why don't you get them back into perspective? Um, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? He says, you guys know this. I'm just reminding you. Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and he, its people are like grasshoppers. Perspective. He's not saying that God's sitting up there judging you. He's saying God's sitting up there above all your problems, above all your circumstances, above all these things. He stretches out the heavens. Can you feel this cosmic nature of Isaiah? And I love this like a canopy and he spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. If you're worried about princes and rulers, don't worry. God's completely in control. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, then he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. He's saying this beautiful moment of how great is your God. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Guys, this is a really a warning and an encouragement to say, who do you compare to God? Because sometimes when your focus is so on these things of this earth that they come become greater than your God. And you've got to know that your God is much greater. This is what Isaiah is trying to trying to say to us. Um, says the Holy One. I love this. He's like, God actually speaks there and he says, who are you comparing to me? Let me tell you of my grand, grandeur. It's like that moment where um, you get that understanding of how great is the sky and how great is the is the stars and how great is the cosmic nature of your God. This is the um, a great, you probably know this off by heart. It's um, 4026, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. This is the scripture that God gave me when I was on the mountain. He's like, Katie, Get your eyes off your circumstances. Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. This is your God that you serve, TYB, on the run. And I know right now you're probably dealing with kids and you're probably dealing with family situations and you're kind of in the mud of it all. But maybe today stop this um, podcast and go up to a mountain and finish it on a mountaintop. Just go for a drive. Go somewhere. Don't leave the kids. Take the kids with you. (laughs) But go somewhere that you can really just to have a picnic on a mountain. The kids will love it. You'll love it. You'll get a fresh perspective and just know that your God is far greater than anything that you are facing right now. Get your perspective up. And then he says, why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. Um, my, my cause is disregarded by my God. He's saying, you know, why do you feel like I've abandoned you? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. 
He will not grow tired or weary and he's understanding no one can fathom. He's like, come up with my to my understanding. I remember when I was on that mountain and I was just so grieved and so overwhelmed and he said, let me tell you what I'm doing. And I remember just hearing the voice of Yahweh, feeling the presence of Father God, feeling the might and the power of the glory of how big and majestic your God is. Can I say, TYB, your God is much bigger than what your perspective is seeing right now. Your God is creator of the heavens of the earth. There is nothing on the earth that he hasn't created. So he's creator above all your problems and situations. I love this. He will not grow tired or weary, and he's understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. If you're weary this morning or today, TYB, and increases the power of the week, this is where you get your strength from. All right, are you are you ready? I am quoting this over you today. This is your Bible blast. Meditate on this. Even um, youths grow weary and tired and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Those who have a vision of their God, those who've read Isaiah 40 and are lifting up their eyes today, those who've come up with the perspective of how great is your God, they will soar on wings like eagles. Can you feel that soaring, that cosmos, that that sense of soaring above it all, its perspective? They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Oh, how cool is Isaiah 40. I hope your spirits have lifted. I hope your perspective is lifted. You may be vacuuming, but I hope you're rejoicing now in your God because your God is creator of heavens and earth. Who is like him? Stop measuring him compared to your mortgage. Stop measuring him compared to your bills. Stop measuring him compared to your family issues. He is far above, greater than anything, and he you will soar on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not faint this morning. So I hope you've loved Isaiah 40, guys, and I've loved studying with you. Lift up your eyes this morning, and um, like I said, and look to the heavens who created everything. 